Let's pray. God of extravagant grace, may your spirit refresh our hearts through the reading of the scriptures that we may perceive all the good we can do for Christ and so grow in our faith toward our Lord Jesus. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Israel, listen. Our God is the Lord, only the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your being, and all your strength. These words that I am commanding you today must always be on our minds. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are sitting around the house and when you are out and about, when you are lying down and when you are getting up. Tie them on your hand as a symbol. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. Write them on your house's door frames and on your city gates. Our second reading this morning is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, King David's son from Israel. Their purpose is to teach wisdom and discipline and to help one another understand wise sayings. They provide insightful instruction, which is righteous, just, and full of integrity. They make the naive mature, the young knowledgeable and discreet. The wise hear them and grow in wisdom those with understanding gain guidance. They help one understand proverbs and difficult sayings, the words of the wise and their puzzles. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, but wise despise wisdom and instruction. We are finishing up our sermon series on the Ten Commandments today, week 11, with Jesus talking and summarizing the commandments. So we read from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. He came over and asked him, what commandment is most important of all? Jesus replied, the most important one is Israel, listen, our God is the one Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your being, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The legal expert said to him, Well said, teacher. You have truthfully said that God is one and there is no one besides him. And to love God with all the heart, a full understanding and all of one's strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all kinds of entirely burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered with wisdom, he said to him, you aren't far from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. The word of God for the people of God. So we embarked on this deep dive into the Ten Commandments, something I've never done before. And hopefully we learned a few things. But we're still wrestling with what role do they play for us as modern-day Christians. We are not the people who had followed Moses out of the wilderness and stood at Mount Sinai 
We are not the people that were told these commandments and who lived under this covenant. We are not under the weight of the blessings and curses of the Ten Commandments. So what role do they play? I think for each one, we were able to glean something from them that might impact how we are to live with one another, because that's what they were given for. They were given to show us how to live together. But that's not what the Ten Commandments stayed as. By the time Jesus comes onto the scene, more than a thousand years later, the weight of the law had become something used against people. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and all those in power over Jewish religious life and social life had leveraged the law to hold power over people. They were the ones that got to determine whether or not you were following the law correctly. They were the ones that got to determine when you broke it, what happened. They were the ones that could deem you unfit and cast you out of the temple, meaning you were out of society and on your own. A death sentence back then. The law had become twisted into something God never intended. So Jesus coming onto the scene, a Jewish man, wise, a teacher, constantly being questioned by those in power and trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. When questioned as to, you know, okay, there's 613 commandments. What are the most important ones? Or which one's most important? Jesus doesn't pull something out of nowhere. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy, something they would have been familiar with and adds to it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and strength. And secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. In another gospel, what immediately follows this summation of the law is another question where the person asks, well, who is my neighbor? Like, who counts? Who's part of this? And Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. You see, the problem with the law is, since the moment it was given, people were attempting to get around it. Well, which one of these do I really need to follow? And who really is my neighbor? Like, all right, love my neighbor as myself, but, you know, who's in that category? Surely it's not the one that I despise the most. In those days, the Samaritans. Surely it's not them. But in fact, that's exactly who Jesus was talking about. Jesus was taking the law that had been twisted and warped into something used against and over people and turning it back into what God intended. Not a burden to weigh someone down, but a way towards freedom, to love as God loves, to love wholly and completely. But that requires sacrifice. You see, that's what's built into this 
summation of the law. Loving God with all that we have doesn't leave room for anything else. And loving our neighbor as ourselves, it doesn't leave room for anything else. At times it will require sacrifice. Sometimes it's so simple as wearing something over our mouth and nose when we're around other people. Other times it's much more. Standing up to tyranny and offering your life for others. Many have died at the hands of tyrants over the centuries, loving their neighbor. You see, we never know what it's going to take to do this act of love towards our neighbor until we're met with the consequences of it. But what is built into these commandments that Jesus gives us is something that was built into the original commandments. That we do not exist in this world alone, moving as an island, that our actions impact other people. Our actions have a direct effect on other people and their lives. But if we are to love our neighbors ourselves, if we are to love God with all that we have in us, then we put others first. That's what it's really about. It's about putting the needs of others before our own, setting aside our own desires and wants to help others first. We seem to be in a real short supply of that. And it's really, really, really grating on my nerves. <laughs> and I'm really struggling to hold on to compassion and kindness and loving other people who are acting so selfishly in ways that I wouldn't ex you know, accept from my two-year-old. And yet people are moving in this world, stomping their feet and acting like, I get to do whatever I want and it doesn't matter what happens. Then I read the words of Jesus and I'm reminded those are the ones especially who are called to love. It's not the ones who are easy to love. It's the ones who are hardest to love. The ones who take a lot of effort to love. Because when we love them, when we show people love, true love, Love that's not based on conditions or actions. We ultimately show them who God is. We are a reflection of who God is in this world. We show them who God is to them. And it's our prayer that by doing that, they experience God in a new way or maybe even in the first way. And they recognize their own need to love others and put them before themselves. We 
We might not be under the weight of the Ten Commandments or the Old Testament law. But Jesus didn't quite let us off the hook either. We are to build our community around these two great commandments. We are to build our lives together. We are to move in this world as though these two commandments guide us always. And for a lot of the time, the church hasn't been good at that. We haven't looked much different than the world around us. So if there's one thing we could take from these Ten Commandments, from Jesus' summation of the commandments, there's one thing we can take and embody and hold with us each and every day. It's that we are called to move in this world in a way that honors God. In a way that puts God first, in a way that puts others before ourselves. We are to sacrifice for others. We are to love others. We are to be a place of belonging and acceptance and love. And we are not to act as gatekeepers of gates that we were not asked to keep. This summation of the law is Jesus giving a glimpse of what God's kingdom is to look like. So let's live into that. Let's set aside all the other garbage that we occupy ourselves with, and let's live into these commandments. And by doing so, we will do no less than change the world. Because that's what the church has been doing for centuries. We will do no less than change the world together. Amen.